Awesome. So let's get started. So I've got a story. Um, it's out of the Word of God, which is a good thing. And it's a strange story. I think it's very strange, but it's a real story, and it's a powerful story. And if you've heard it before, listen to it like it's the first time, because there's a lot in there. Every time I went over it, there's something more you can get out of it. So it's a strange story, but it's a real story, and it's a powerful story. So I want you to open your Bibles to John chapter 11 and verses 38 to 44. Oh, I don't know if it's up there. That's all right. John chapter 11 verses 38 to 44. I think my mum's here. Yeah. She came up just to hear me. Woo! Woo! That's awesome. Is my dad here? Hi, dad. That awesome. How's that, eh? Okay. So this story is a story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. And it's, it's an amazing story. Actually, it's not a story. It's a report or a record of something that happened in history. So we're just going to step back in time for a moment and look at this story. So we're just going to read it through. And um, it's, only, it's only a few verses. So verse 38, it starts... And then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb, and it was a cave, and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, stinks bad, for he has been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? And then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out, bound hands and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Awesome. Isn't that an awesome? Awesome story. Kind of freaky, but it's true. So it's, it's amazing. So, oh, man, I wish I was there to see that. Like, far out. What would that be like? Yeah. You'd tell someone about that, wouldn't you? So always with the Word of God, you can read it. Read it first in the natural there's a story, but then whatever's true in there, you cross it over. So first in the natural, and then second in the spiritual. So we're going to look a little bit deeper. We're going to take the lid off and have a look what's inside this for me. When I, when I um, work with the 13, 14-year-olds, something that I put through in our culture is no cheese. Everything in the Word of God is for me today. So God, what are you saying to me today out of this Word? So there'll be something in here for you today. You will not have to go home empty-handed because there's something living that you can add into your life. So first in the natural and then second in the spiritual. So we're going to look at the situation here. It says here that Jesus came to the tomb. It was a cave. That caught my attention because I hate caving and I hate going underground. It's probably the worst thing in the world. I've been caving and it's horrible. It's dark. It's wet. It's cold. You can't see anyone. You could be in there on your own and you wouldn't know the difference. So the first situation I want you to imagine is being in a cave. Caves are dark. They don't have electricity. They don't usually have a store of candles. There's nothing going on in there to bring light. So first you've got a dark place, a lonely place, a cold place where there's no life and you're on your own. Has anyone ever been in a place like that? I know I have. 
So there's a cave. So that's our first thing we're looking at. And the second thing is there was a stone, and it was rolled over the cave because there's a dead person inside, and they want to, you know, separate that off. So it's a place of death. And a stone, it's heavy, it's weighty, and it covered over the stinky place or the stink of a dead person that they didn't want to, you know, it was over. So they'd rolled, rolled the stone over. They had the funeral. They'd had the potluck, whatever. People would come. You want to come around. They're telling stories. It was over. And they had this big, heavy stone covering over this mouth of the cave. So something covering over something. So just remember that. Big, heavy stone covering over. And then I've got another, another article in the story, and that was the grave clothes. And this was wrapped around the man like they did. I'm not quite sure why, but I know from nursing that um, they do certain things to dead people to keep them kind of preserved so that when you have the funeral, it's not too offensive, either to see them, smell them, or, yeah, I don't know what else. But yeah. So he was wrapped up in, in clothes, so just like, you know, like a mummy, I guess. And um, just a short story to step aside. On Tuesdays, I go up to Napier Girls, and we just do silly games, and I just connect with people who've never heard of God. They don't go to church. They wouldn't have a clue who God is. And we do some silly games, and then I tell them what God thinks to them, and I just build a relationship with them. We have a great time, and, and also God connects with them as well. And just this Tuesday, um, we had this game, and basically what you do is you get 45 meters of glad wrap, and you put yourself there, and then you roll, roll it around, roll it around, roll it around like that until you're completely mummified and glad wrap. And your hands are stuck here. You can't do anything. If someone pushes you, you're, it's over. And you've just got to trust that no one's going to take out anything on you at that moment. And then while your arms are bound like this, so we had put all the leaders, all the leaders that helped me, and I was one of them. So all mummied up with glad wrap, just, you know. And then you had to drink a can of Coke without anything. So that was, up, just goes up your nose, basically. I'll just tell you now. Just goes up your nose. And uh, it was a race. So we're all wrapped up in glad wrap. All the leaders up there wrapped up. They're trying to drink Coke as fast as you can. It was on the carpet in the, in the Spanish class. I don't think they'd mind. Just quickly, let's leave <laughs> afterwards. So I did that. And then the next person had to have a, so it's basically a relay of, Epic proportions. But um, I know what it's like to be wrapped up and unable to move. So um, there's another story as well. I just was thinking about that this afternoon. When I was growing up, we had these um, books called the Jungle Doctor books. And it's old school, like 1950s, 1930s. And this Englishman, he goes to Africa and he, all the amazing stories of how he, um, he's a doctor, but he brings the gospel at the same time. And he has these parables about these monkeys, like he teaches, that talks to the people through stories. And there's this story about the monkey, and he talks about how they wrapped around once a piece of string. So the monkey's telling the story. He goes, um, this is what um, sin is like in your life. And it says, a string goes around your life once, and it's easy to break. So when the gladder went around me once, I could have like made a break for it then the first time. It would have been okay, easy. Second time it ran around, a little bit harder to get out of that. Same with the piece of string. And then the more times it went around, I couldn't move. I was helpless. I was caught and stuck in that place. And the same thing with the pieces of string, the monkey was saying, the string goes around again. You can break it the first time and you're free. And the second time, yes. And then after a while you give up and it just wraps around you and then you're bound and you're caught. So looking at this story, this man wrapped up in, in um, grave clothes, you go, oh yes, that's just the story. There he was wrapped up in, gra- in grave clothes. But what say, if it's first in the natural, what wraps around our life now that keeps us bound up and unable to move? 
because it's not just a story. I refuse to just read it as a story. There's something in here that God wants to talk to me about, and I know he wants to talk to people tonight as well, and I believe there's going to be people set free from things you didn't even know was wrapped around you in this place tonight, because that's what Jesus Christ is. He's freedom, and I know that myself. I've experienced that myself. So grave clothes wrapped around. And so something that I've found is when the string went around or the gladiator went around, you break it the first time and you're free. So often I reckon this is just something I want to encourage. There's someone here that needs to hear this tonight. I know. You give like, yeah, sin got around my life. I got caught up. I got bound. I can't move my hands. I can't do what I was born to do because the sin around my life says you suck you're dumb, sit down, shut up. That whole shame thing comes over your life. But what you can do is you cannot quit and say, well, I don't care if I stuffed up today. I am going to get up and I'm going to break free of this thing that gets around my life. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I know I'm going to break through and I am going to be free of this thing one day. And I don't care when, I am not going to quit. I am not going to give up. I am not going to sit down under this thing because I know one day soon my God will break through in my life. And I found that to be true every single time. Attitude, I will not quit. It says you can fall every time. Don't stay down. Get up and get going again because it's not over until you decide it's over. Don't quit. So whoever that is for tonight, don't quit. Don't be silent. Get up, break it off and start to move again. Don't quit. Don't ever quit. I always say to myself, I'm not dead, so there's hope. That's probably the extreme version of, yeah. I'm not dead. I won't give up yet. Because there is life and there's healing and I know there is hope in Jesus Christ. You may not know him. You may have walked with him for a long time. You may have just met him in the last couple of years. But he is the same for everybody. And you may need to encounter him again tonight. if You've known him for a long time. Because there was people here in this situation, and they were church people, and they still missed it completely. And um, sometimes you can know everything and still never know him. And um, you can choose. So for tonight as well, for you, it feels like, I haven't counted God for such the longest time. It's almost, almost forgotten what his touch felt like. But what, did, what was it like that first time, again, him touching my heart, touching my life? Because I want to keep that around my life all the time. You don't have to lose it. So I believe that for tonight as well, some people are going to have a fresh encounter with Jesus Christ in this place tonight. Amen? Amen. And another thing that I noticed in this story in verse 43, that Jesus had finished praying, and then he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And um, it didn't sound like a suggestion to me. Or a minute sent around in an email, like, hey, what about this idea? Or, hey, guys, check this out. Like Chinese whispers, how does everyone think? What, what, what do you reckon if I say this? What do you reckon will happen? He just stepped up, and he gave a command, and there was a response. Because authority always commands a response. So he had something going on here. And that's interesting. How come that happens? He cried out. He gave a command. Lazarus, come forth. Because you've seen the second verse, Lazarus came out and he was alive. 
in verse 44, I thought, hmm, so, hmm, that's very interesting. So somewhere along the way, something happened. That's awesome. So it wasn't a suggestion. It said, Lazarus, come forth. So into situations, so you've got a cave, it's cold, it's dark, it's empty, there's no lights, and then Jesus speaks into that place. So the Word of God came into that place, and you don't see what happened, but life came in a place that was empty, dark, and dead. So in a place of death, there was a Word, and life came. Isn't that amazing? I think that's incredible. It's like, oh man, I want to do that. I want to pray for a dead person and see them sit up and ask for food or, you know, it's awesome. I tell you what, when I'm nursing in the kids' ward, they always come around from anesthetic and go, oh, McDonald's. And then they puke it back up straight away. But that's all they want is food. So, yeah. I just, I want to pray for someone and have them sit up and say, I want McDonald's. That's one of my personal dreams. I was, yeah. So Jesus spoke into a dead place and life came back. That's awesome. And it says in Genesis 1, verse 26, 27, that we are created in the image of God to be like him. So if he can do it, then um, maybe that's one of my life goals. I can do that. So in verse 44, this man was bound hands and foot. So when I was wrapped up in glad wrap, you could just imagine if you were wrapped up in glad wrap, how much could you do if you were bound hand and foot? I have been handcuffed once, and it's awful. Don't ever get handcuffed. You can't do anything. Even if you want to, you can try as hard as you like. You're stuck. It wasn't illegal, by the way. <laughs> it wasn't for fun either, actually. Anyway, I'll leave you to think about that. <laughs> Don't think too far. <laughs> yeah. So the man was bound hand and foot. So your hands, you command with your hands, you express with your hands, you work with your hands, you give with your hands. So not just in the natural, but in the spiritual as well. So in your life, what are you created to do that you're not doing? What are you created to do and function as, as a human being, that actually you're limited in or actually not doing? And what dreams have you got that are dead, that need the Word of God to come into and bring into life again and bring into freedom to actually start to live a life of action. We had a really awesome preacher in youth once, Benjamin Duxfield, and he preached, he preached about the difference between existing and living. And he showed the difference between existing and just living and breathing, you know, live, breathe, eat, sleep. That's different than, you know. So there's much more to life than just the basics. Hands Command, build, direct, help, minister, function. All these things in your life, are you living to the full capacity that you're created to? Or are you just living a little skinny bit? See, more, there's more to you than meets the eye. You just don't know what you're capable of until you give it a shot. And your feet. The first thing that came to me when I was looking at this, the feet were bound. That means you can't dance. You can't dance. And that really struck me. And I feel like God wants to say something about that, whether into this church, whether to individuals in this church. And then I thought it was interesting when the singers just went for a little dance around. I thought that's really cool. That's really cool. That shows freedom. But um, what I'd like to do is everyone who's involved in dance, can you just wave your hand at me? I just want to see how many people here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Awesome. What I like to do um, as I finish up, 
Tonight, I want to pray for those people. I just feel like God wants to unleash something in our church with dance. So um, get ready. Yeah, thanks. Awesome. So if your feet are bound up, you can't dance, you can't kick, you can't run, you can't move, you haven't got direction, you haven't got purpose in your life. So if you're feeling like no direction, no purpose, check your feet because you've probably got something wrapped around there that needs to shift. I might be wrong, but if you haven't got direction and you haven't got purpose and you feel like, I can't dance, not just because you can't dance, but you can't dance, why don't you check your feet and see if you need to get a bit of freedom around your life? Do you need to get some freedom around your life? That is my personal goal this year. God, I want greater freedom in my life. God, you've done some, but God, I want more. So it's been my whole thing this year, freedom. I want greater freedom in my life. Because you can do more. The freer you are, the more impact, the more you can do. Imagine what you could do if you're completely free. Imagining. Awesome. Also, the call of God, your feet, what you're called to, you move into, you walk into. So the call of God, is it free or is it fettered? Are you tied down in the call of God on your life? So God doesn't make people by mistake or accident, but by design and purpose. And there's a call of God over each person. Name by name, God's called you into purpose. Are you living the purpose and the call of God on your life? Or do you need to get greater freedom around your life so you can accomplish what you were born to do? Because you know what? You were born to do great things in God. It says in Daniel 11 verse 32, those who know their God shall be, shall be strong and carry out great exploits. So they're basically they're super beings. Like, wow, look what they did with their life. Flabbernick. Awesome. I just remember one preacher at a youth conference, and he said, imagine if you got to heaven, and Jesus says to you, flip, you animal. I didn't ask you to do half of that, but you did, so you're awesome. That's the kind of life you want to be living. Yeah, you animal. In a good way. And then also his face was covered, which talks about connection, relationship, and vision. Have you got vision? Have you got connection? Have you got relationship with Jesus Christ, with people around you? Check it. Do you need to have more? Do you need to be freer in these areas, in these parts of your life? Because that's what we're going to do tonight. So just breaking it down to practical things. What I've found personally I can know a lot, I can hang around these people, but I needed encounter with Jesus Christ to shift me into freedom from things that bugged me, that I thought was just me. I needed encounter with Jesus Christ himself, with his word, so I need to build into my day the word of God, to train my heart, to agree with the word of God, to bring me into freedom. So that's your first point. Get into the word of God. Build your life in the word of God. Build your life in the Word of God, not in anything else, not in your own mind, not in what your friends say, but if you build your life in the Word of God, you find great freedom and great relief and great strength and hope and all that you need in the Word of God. And I made a decision to change because I thought, I don't want to die the same way I've been living. I want change always in my life. So have an have a attitude 
that you will not settle. I will not stay the same today that I was yesterday because, God, I know you've got more for me. So make a decision. Do not settle whatever that's got around your life. Start to cry out to God. Start to cry, God, have mercy on my life. God, I can't do anything, but God, you can. God, where I'm bound up, God, you set me free. God, come. And you know what? It doesn't take long, and God starts to move through your life. And it may feel painful and messy for a while, but you know what? Freedom comes through Jesus Christ. So you cry out to God, if there's stuff in your life you need to leave behind, if you've been messing around with the wrong stuff, if you've been messing around with the wrong people, if you need to go and put relationships right, if you need to clean up your life, if you need to do all these things, then do it. Get into a group of people that will help you walk it out. Make it easy for yourself. Make a decision. Say, this week is going to be different, and I'm going to do it day by day in Jesus Christ, not in my own strength, because you can't. Honestly, it's hard. Try to by yourself. So day by day, build an atmosphere for God to work in your life. When Jesus cried out, I reckon he cried out so loudly just to shift and break all the sad, heavy grief atmosphere because a miracle couldn't happen in an atmosphere that was so locked down. So he just lifted up his voice, made a noise, Create an atmosphere and a miracle unfolded just like that. So check your atmosphere. What surrounds your life? Why aren't more miracles happening in my life? What is the atmosphere over my life? What am I speaking? What am I living in? God, I want to change those things. Allow the Holy Ghost to come and challenge you. Take the 21-day challenge. Holy Ghost, every day, talk to me. Show me, even if you don't want to know. Say, God, what you want is more important than what I want. And see what he will do. So tonight, write this down. Choose one area of my life that I want greater freedom in. Now go for it. It's not going to be by magic. It's not going to be a magic wand suddenly breaking you free. You're going to have to do something. You need to get in the Word of God. You need to stop doing some stuff. And you need to start to build an atmosphere over your life for freedom for miracles, for whatever it is that you need in your life. So you can actually walk it wherever you go in your community, in your school, in your workplace. You've got freedom. You've got life. You have the answer. You have the hope to bring to people around you. You don't just come to church and experience it here and then walk out the same. You start to build a life. You are the church. You're the ones that walk and you live it and you show it in your life. Awesome. So live an open life, get the Word of God around, because with faith always comes actions. You can tell what a person believes by what they do. So agree with the Word of God and move on the Word of God, and you will start to see the miracles opening in your life. You will see what was dead come to life. If you've got dreams that have been dead, they come to life. If you've been bound up, you get freedom come around your life. You can have freedom in your life. I know it. So my last question is, what are you in faith for? What are you in faith for today? Is it freedom for yourself? Is it salvation at your workplace? Is it to see people saved in your school? Is it a family member that needs 
Jesus needs healing, needs a miracle, needs God to move, it is possible. Because in him, all things are possible. Mark 10 verse 27. With men, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. So with that word over your life, there must be a miracle come out of that place. That you think is dead, life will come. Hope will come. You will see something come much more than you ever dream or imagine. Amen? Amen.